Welcome to Gone Again Podcast with Robin. And Kelly. We're a couple of travel agents who always seem to find ourselves gone again on vacation. This episode, we're going to talk about Robin's recent trip to Universal Studios Orlando. So grab your mouse tool, whether it be a glass of wine or water, and be our guest. Excellent. I am very excited for this, Robin. Yes. Because I, I knew some of the details um, because you were going to be staying in Orlando after I came back to hit up Universal Studios with one of your friends. Correct. Yeah. We uh, we took a lift from okay. Disney over to Universal um, and then spent uh, four nights at the Royal Pacific, which is a Universal hotel. Nice. So... Disney has different levels of resorts, value, moderate, deluxe. Where does this resort fall? So this is what Universal would consider a deluxe. Okay. Yeah, I ended up going with the deluxe because um, Universal has a deal that if you stay at one of their top, they call them premium resorts. Okay. So it's Hard Rock, Portofino Bay, or Royal Pacific. Um, You get Express Pass included. Uh, as part of like your your room amenities, so you don't have to pay the hundred something dollars per person per day to like do the line skipping over at Universal. Yeah, from what I understand, it's quite a bit more than what Disney charges, but it's a very different system, right? It is very different. Um, do you want to okay. dive into that and hear about it, or you want to? Well, go, what, you tell why me? don't we start? So let's just start with day one. Sure. So you you move from Disney, you take a lift um, over and get checked in. So like, how was the check-in process? Cause we know how things go at Disney, but at Universal, from my understanding, you have to go there to the front desk to pick up your tickets and things like that. Yeah. So they've got like multiple counters when you walk into the lobby. Um, bell services was a lot the same. They greeted you when you pulled up, they took my luggage, they held it until I called for it. Um, so that was all kind of identical. Um, okay. Once you got in the lobby, um, which, by the way, gorgeous lobby Mm. over at Royal Pacific. They have an outdoor courtyard in kind of the middle of the lobby with fountains and chairs. And then there's, like, a coffee shop. So, like, you could totally grab a coffee and, like, sit outside. It was beautiful. Um, But it definitely – I don't want to talk bad, but – It was not immersive, like, say, walking through the Polynesian is going to be. Sure. The whole time, I knew I was in a hotel. I knew the hotel was in Florida. Beautiful Mm -hmm. and and very lovely amenities, but there was not the same story. So I think it's just Mm -hmm. a a different expectation when you walk in. Not necessarily bad or good. It's just it was different. Um, Right. And that was – that's kind of something, like – what my friend said when we were at the Disney part of this was she had never stayed on property and just said, gosh, it seems like every resort is its own little like village. You know, you, you kind of get immersed in that storyline or that feeling. And so you didn't have that at your resort? Not really. Um, I mean, so Royal Pacific, the, the quote unquote story that they give you on the website of Royal Pacific is it's, um, like some pilots from like the UK or something crashed in this like Pacific Island and like helped build this resort. Um, So, but you know, you walk in and it's like, 
beautiful marble floors, a very modern like checking counter and concierge. There wasn't like any sort of like the signs weren't themed to feel Mm -hmm. like you were in, you know, a Pacific Island. Whereas like if you walk in the Polynesian, even the signs, you know, Mm -hmm. saying like guest services and check-in are going to be written in like this like Polynesian themed font or it might be carved into wood. This felt like I was going to um, like a conference, very lovely hotel, but it it was definitely a little sterile, a lot of white marble, very clean. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there were like lovely modern couches to sit on if you wanted, but it, you know, like for example, they had like a vase of like flowers um, when you walked in, which was really lovely, but like they were irises and I'm like, do irises grow in the Pacific? <laughs> Probably right? not. But they had right. fresh irises. So, like, lovely, but, like, uh, wasn't a part of the story. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think you've got to just know this is also a conference center. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so when we checked into the hotel, it was a very kind of traditional check-in. I went through, like, a little queue, got up to the desk, gave her my ID and credit card. Um, what they did do that was different is they printed uh, my room key, which is also my express pass. And so you have to give them at the counter, the name of everybody on your room reservation and everybody gets their own individual room key, which will double as their express pass in the park. So you, so was it like a, like a credit card, kind of like a basic room key? Right. Except it had a physical barcode instead of like a, a magnetic strip. Okay. Um, so what we learned was you needed a lanyard to put this in because you had to physically like have it scanned kind of like you're checking out, like a checkout oh, okay. scanner everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I was like, oh shoot, I should have bought that on Amazon, but yeah. they have them for sale, you know, like they'll sell you of anything, course right? They do. <laughs> of course. Yeah. They'll take any advantage to get you to buy something. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that was interesting. But what I noted, right, was you have to be really specific when you book your reservation. So like, even though our rooms say it slept four, I could only get express passes printed for the people I had named on the reservation. Sure. So like my friend Jolie, who was with me, say she ended up not being able to come and you were like, oh, I'll come. You would need to make sure you let your travel agent know so they can call universal and update the names on the reservation. Mm -hmm. So that I saw a couple of families who had had something like that happen and they were kind of in a bit of a pickle having to redo stuff there at the, at like check-in. Yeah. So it was really important. I think in the planning process to make sure that you know who is in what room, because that's like a weird kind of like detail about universal. Um, And then there's a third check-in counter that's where you pick up your ticket. So what what I learned was Lowe's Hotels actually runs the Universal Hotels. Universal Parks does not. Oh, And so that's why they don't have anything like a magic band over there because the parks and the hotel are actually separate businesses. Hmm. So I think it's probably, probably like the Swan and Dolphin setup. Okay. You know, really similar. And so mm-hmm. like you can't use your magic band to open your Swan and Dolphin room. Right. Same kind of setup. Um, So there's a Universal Parks ticket counter in the hotel. And so basically after you check in, you then go to the next check-in line, which is your ticket pickup. 
Okay. And so it's the, the nice thing is it's a, if you're booking a package, it's the same confirmation number. So you don't have to keep like a million numbers sure. organized, but then you have to go to another check-in counter and they give you your tickets. And it was the same thing. They print tickets based upon the names on the reservation and the tickets are like named per person and they're non-transferable. So um, definitely like a bit of like a detail that it was like, oh, I'm glad I got this right. <laughs> Yeah. So when you said they printed tickets, were they like paper tickets or so similar to what you had at Disneyland? Yeah. And so what I actually ended up doing was in my lanyard that I bought uh, was it, I got a lanyard that had like a little plastic sleeve on the bottom of it. And it was like, there was no imaging on either side. And so one side of the lanyard was my park ticket that could get scanned. And the other side was my like express ticket. So I had them like back to back. So I could like flip it out around for whichever needed to be scanned in the moment. Okay. Yeah. That's smart. That makes sense. And then it was somewhat waterproof. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I actually think like now I'm like, Oh duh. Why didn't I do this at Disneyland? Yeah. But you didn't know. Right. And now you know. Yeah, so, so definitely, like, I'm going to have to update my packing list for Disneyland and Universal. You need a lanyard. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good to know. So did you do a park on your first day then, or did you just get checked in, get settled? and? Yeah, we just got checked in. Um, I had actually done Animal Kingdom all day. Okay. Uh, so I was a little hot. Sure. Um, and I had upgraded for this trip. I wanted to try the club level. Have you ever done club level? No, I have not. Okay, add it to your bucket list. <laughs> okay. Are you paying for it? <laughs> um, it's worth saving up for, I'll say that. <laughs> okay. And, and you we could do DVC points over at Animal Kingdom and get club. Okay. Well, maybe if I know someone who owns there that they could get us a club level room. Yeah. Pretty excited about that resale that I got yeah. before the price went up. But that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. So you just hung out club level, grabbed some food because be- club level means they have kind of what I would call like continental food available, right? Like stuff so it was that way more than easy. that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is why I was shocked. I guess I was prepared for like, here's an apple and a bottle of water. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> But we get up there, and so um, the schedule kind of changes. But they said, like, for the next chunk of months, the this is kind of the current schedule, is from 3 to 5 every day, they have, um, like, snacks. And then those snacks are, like, chips, fruit tray, veggie tray, um, cookies, um, granola, there's always soda, water, coffee. Like you can just walk in and grab it. So like anytime we walk by the club lounge, we just like hopped in and grabbed a Coke. No questions asked. Hmm. So, so you didn't have to buy any of that. But then starting at five o'clock from five to seven, they have like wine and beer. Oh, hello. Exactly. So I was like, oh, we should go over to the park. And then I was like, but you know what? But there there's free beer. Free Angry Orchard right here. <laughs> yeah. Hard to pass that up. So there's a solid chance I sat there from five to seven and earned my keep. 
No shame. No nope. regrets. Nope. Nope. Um, I feel like I kind of broke even on that day, you know? Perfect. Yeah. So, and then at eight o'clock, they bring out like heavy hors d'oeuvres. So we had, they brought like a shrimp mac and cheese, egg rolls. Um, I have a ton of pictures of it because I was like this nerd who was like, oh my God, free food. Uh, no chips and salsa I mean so there was never like a quote-unquote meal Mm -hmm. there was always like enough food that like if I had like say two teenagers with me I'd be like oh we're going club level because I'm not paying for you to snack for this whole week right you know like and that's what I saw a ton of was like families with older kids who the kids would kind of like come into the club on their own grab a bunch of snacks and like head down to the pool yeah. I was like, yes, smart. And then at breakfast time, they had oatmeal, bagels, toast, eggs, fruit, um, donuts. That was the other thing. So down in like the store of the restaurant, you could buy donuts for $4.99 a donut. $5 for a donut. They're free up in club level. Right. So, you know, I had about $15 worth of donuts per day. So we'll just let you do that math. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be putting them in my suitcase to take them home with me. You know, hotel I was like, me. <laughs> I did not bring my Ziploc bags to the club level <laughs> breakfast. So you know, though, it went through my mind. I was like, and I'm like looking around. I'm like, these people up here are kind of classy. I don't fit in. I need to reel it in a little. <laughs> like, if if Robin walked up in here with some Ziploc bags and was like, thank you. Thank you. Y'all have a nice day. They would be like, oh my God, could you please go back to the Holiday Inn? Six Flags is that way. Right. Six Flags called. It would like it's season pass holder back. So first night, you just hit club level, relaxed, got settled, because the next day you were going to do what? So the next day, I wanted to do both Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios. Okay. Um, I had, uh, I kind of just like wanted to get the lay of the land, like what to expect. I've never been, um, you know, kind of like, what's the story? How's this all work? How's the different technology? So it was like a day of like intentionally getting lost Mm -hmm. and figuring out like how to do it. Like I intentionally like asked a bunch of their employees, like where are certain things to just really be like, are they helpful? Like what is this experience? Um, Like if I had clients here, like would I be like, text me if you have questions or would I be like, no, go to the, the employees are going to help you. Um, so that was that was that was a fascinating day to like dive in and just I don't like the last time I did something totally unplanned I can't even tell you. Right. It was very weird. So that day you had your express pass, right? So you could use that. Right. So we had when you stay at the premium resorts, they give you what's called um the express pass unlimited. Mm-hmm. Meaning you can ride as many of the things on the express pass as many times as you want. Nice. They have one that's like a lower tier that costs mm-hmm. just a little less. And on that one, you can ride each thing once. Right. So kind of like Genie Plus, how you can like only go on it once. Um, so that was like, oh, cool. I don't really have to think. 
Um, yeah. And I will tell you, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm even like nervous to say this out loud. Uh, Cause I don't, I mean, I don't think Disney listens to us, but like on the off chance, they decided to be like, what do the people think? Um, <laughs> I will take the express pass and its expense over genie plus any day. I believe it. Any freaking day. Let me tell you, I didn't pull my phone out once. Yeah. Only to take pictures and then put it away. You didn't it have was, to set a timer to remind you when to book your next lightning lane? Nope. I didn't crisscross the park. I didn't walk out of my way. I didn't yeah. have IT issues. Um, now, I also didn't really pay for the Express Pass because I chose to stay in the more expensive resort. But it balances. Exactly. And so I'm just sitting here like, at the end of the day, I didn't even charge my phone and it still had battery life. Yeah. I'm just like this. It was so different. It felt like you just did what you wanted. It was kind of like mm-hmm. during, you know, the early COVID days of Disney where it was like, we're just going to go over here. We're just going to go over here. We're just going to do what we want. Right. No fast pass. No genie. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, go with the flow. it was so lovely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, now that being said, you know, there's two theme parks over there, right? And then you've got the water park. Universal Studios um, is very, like, simulator ride heavy. Yes. And I know that that bothers you and your motion sickness. Yes. So I actually, like, didn't use it every time because I needed to slow down. The Express Pass was too quick. Okay. For the, the amount of, like, motion sickness I get. So I don't know if that means it like works really well and you just need to be like prepared. <laughs> but like we went on the Simpsons ride and I was like, I got off and I was like, oh, okay. I need to like take a break. Like I had some water. I sat on the bench in the shade. I was a bit of a hot mess after that ride. Um, so that was, I wasn't like super expecting how different the two parks are. Right. And then, when you say the two parks, you don't mean Disney and Universal. You mean like Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios? Exactly. The, how different okay. the two Universal parks are. Because then you, you know, <laughs> there's like I'm trying two roller coasters in Islands of Adventure. Or I'm sorry, in Universal Studios. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's only roller coasters really over in Islands of Adventure. Right. So it was funny. My friend Jolie, she really enjoyed the simulated rides. And I love the roller coasters. So, mm-hmm. like, day one, she was having a blast, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be sick. And then yeah. we go over to the other one, and she was like, I hate you. I can't believe you're making me do these roller coasters. And I'm like, <laughs> we no hands. Yeah. <laughs> so, the the thing I did also learn about Express Pass is that there are two rides that aren't included. So you have the Velocicoaster, which is the new Jurassic Park roller coaster, and then Hagrid's ride um, in Hogsmeade. So both of those are over in Islands of, excuse me, Islands of Adventure, which makes it like really kind of easy that it's like two things. Don't have to think about it. I don't need my phone. I just go with the flow. Uh-huh. And it's true that those two rides, when we waited in line for them, the line just kind of constantly inched along. Because there's no merging. Yes. And we found that too. Like when when people aren't not, I mean, they're skipping the line. It just, 
it cuts into the standby line. Like people right. that are on standby have to stand longer. Yeah. So, you know, it was just like, man, this was, there was a lot about Universal, like experience wise, that mm-hmm. just was so nice. And so I'm kind of at the point where I think I'm going to recommend that if, you know, you got the, those families where there's like one person that's like the planner and like they carry all of the confirmation and they're the ones checking in for Genie Plus and they're doing all the work. Like I feel like uh-huh. a day over at Universal on an Express Pass is like a gift to that person. Yeah. They get to just be off. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that sounds so nice. So one another difference between Disney and Universal is dining. So dining at Disney World is very competitive. You book 60 days out. You got to get up at 5.45 a.m. So how does Universal handle dining? Like, did you have any reservations or did you just kind of go with the flow? I made one reservation, um, which was at the Toothsome's Chocolate Emporium. um, Because, hello, it's got chocolate in the name. (laughs) Um, Because I just, I knew I really wanted to eat there. that was super easy. Like they use a totally, they use like a third party website. So when you're going through the universal site and you find out the restaurant you want, you click dining reservation and it takes you to like open table or Zomato or Resi. Like each restaurant seems to have like a different software it uses. And because it's a third party, it like works. Hmm. So I had no issues making the reservation for twosomes. I made it like 20 days ago. There was a million time slots open at every 15 minute increment. We were seated within like five minutes of our reservation time. Um, And it was still the, the restaurant was packed, but like I had no issues Um, booking it. It did not feel competitive. It was awesome. And then I will say, so because we stayed club level, I didn't realize this until I got there. You have a personal concierge when you're on club level, meaning they give you a text message phone number and there is always someone on staff with that phone. And anytime you need anything, you just text them and they take care of it. So there was two nights I wanted to go eat somewhere that I like walked by and it smelled good. I text the concierge and I was like, hey, I'd really love to eat at Big Fire can you get me a reservation? And they were like, what time do you want to eat? I was like, well, I'm over here now. So like sooner rather than later, she texts me back. She's like, you've got a reservation in 15 minutes. Head on over. That's fantastic. Like that service right there. (laughs) I was like, goodness gracious. And then there was another time, like we needed shampoo in the room and I texted and I was like, Hey, we're out of shampoo and conditioner. Can somebody drop it off? And she was like, yeah, we'll bring a bunch by. No problem. I'm like, I wasn't on hold. I didn't have to go to a call center. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, you guys, I'm a little spoiled now. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be curious to know what the experiences are at their non-deluxe resorts. Yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard because you're setting the bar high. You're staying at a deluxe. You're staying club level. Like not every experience will be like this. I totally but agree. It's awesome to know that it's available if you want that. Right. And I feel like, I don't, this is going to sound snooty. I don't know how to say it. Like for me, it makes sense to start at the top down 
And then now that I know what I can get, I can figure out on future trips what pieces I don't need. Yeah. And I can like eliminate like, okay, so I don't, I don't need club level. Like, okay, I probably don't need, like that was lovely. Right. But like, yeah. I don't, I don't need it. Right. I'm not rich, but I do <laughs> like the express pass. So maybe I right. should consider a no view, low level booking for like a standard room and see what that compares to versus mm-hmm. like, you know, what's the, the more value resort look like when I have to buy the express pass, like I need to run those numbers because I think with the express Mm -hmm. pass being so pricey that like, you really have to have like a well, like researched hand in the pot to figure out how to make sure that you're getting the most value out of your trip. Sure. Cause I can totally see, you know, they've got some value rooms that are family suites that sleep like six. Which sounds yeah. really great until you now realize you're going to have to drop $600 a day plus on Express Pass. Right. It's like, well, let's see what the premiums can get you that yeah. include Express Pass, you know? So I think there's like right. a layer of like, as travel agents, us making sure that we're like giving our clients all the options. Mm-hmm. Because I think people are also... You hear premium, and I will tell you the premium at Universal is probably priced with, like, the moderate at Disney. Okay. So it's also, like, it is not, like, a Grand Floridian cost comparison. Sure. So. So that was day one. The next day you had something super special planned, right? Yes. So we did a VIP tour. Um, Fun. Amazing. And Universal does the, they're like public, they call them non-private VIP tours. So you buy your tickets and they put you into groups of 12. So you don't totally know who you're going to be with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get the same guide experience of like the tour we did over at Disney, where they like walk you onto the rides. Um, the really cool thing is I had called Universal ahead of time and I like talked with their like travel agent bookings folks. And I was like, so here's the deal. I want to go on this tour because I've never been. And I want a tour guide who can teach me how to teach my clients. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Oh, totally. We know the perfect guy for you. It's going to be awesome. They ended up giving me this guy named Brian, who's been doing tours for 13 years. Um, it is like his bread and butter. The whole time we're walking around the two parks on the seven hour tour, he's like, make sure your clients know this and they know this and they know this. And I was like, I like literally was taking notes on my phone and like learning from him about like strategies and how to go around the park. I think it was the best seven hours of training yeah. mixed with roller coasters. Like, could there be anything better? Yeah, probably not. It was awesome. And then, um, so I kind of viewed after the VIP tour, there's like three ways to get on roller coasters. One is the standby line, which is like, right. We've all done it. It's not amazing. The express pass. That's pretty sweet. It totally cuts your wait time down. And then there's the VIP tour where they walk you through the exit and you get on next. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, I'm feeling a little bougie. I'm staying club level. I'm getting my VIP tour. I was like, I feel really bad for my next trip where I don't have any of these amenities and I'm going to feel like 
what's happened? <laughs> but you did a lot of this so that you could learn and help your clients. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the trade-off is worth it. Right. I mean, as much as like Mike, like will roll his eyes, like it was a work trip. It oh, just for happens sure. that like my job is way more fun than his. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely like, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, he took us to, uh, well, I don't know. I don't, are you going to go? I don't want to give away too much of how awesome some of the rides are. So I've been to Universal Studios, but it has been a, a while. So like I've done the Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man, which I know is screen. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what was even there. Was Harry but Potter World do- there? Yes. So I rode the ride that was inside Hogwarts, but not – so Hogsmeade was there, but Diagon Alley was not. So huge difference. Yeah. So was Hagrid's there when you – No. Okay, so I have to tell you, um, easily one of the most immersive, storied roller coasters I've ever been on. Yeah, I've heard that. Like, it it makes Everest look like the teacups. <laughs> you know, like I'm. I yeah. think it's better than Triceratops Spin. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Anything might be better than Triceratops spin. I don't know. I don't know. And then, um, so there, I don't want to give too much away, but Hagrid's incorporates different technology at different pieces of the ride. Oh, that's cool. So sometimes it's a roller coaster. Sometimes it's like Tower of Terror. Sometimes it's animatronics and story. Some, cool. you know, like it is. Yeah. And so around every turn, it's like a different ride, sort of like Rise of the Resistance, how it's like three different ride systems. Yeah. It's a lot like that, but all on a roller coaster. Um, cool. So it's like thrilling, but really immersive. Yeah. I think I'm trying to plot out maybe going down there in September for like just a long weekend because it's hard. It's hard when I go down there for Disney stuff to like split my time and leave Disney and go to Universal. So I'm thinking a trip with just Universal stuff would be best. Yeah. I'm thinking. I definitely think because, um, and I'll send you my tip sheet that, that I took notes on so you can try all the different stuff that the tour guide told me about. Um, So after your tour, did you like hang out at the parks or did you just call it a day? Cause it was a long day. Um, we ended up doing VelociCoaster again. Because I have decided that that is my new favorite all-time ride. Um, so in the queue, I screamed because it scared me. Um, I have like a fear of dinosaurs. So it's okay. I totally know I'm weird. Um, but the VelociCoaster is a three and a half minute ride where you go upside down and there's no shoulder harness. Um, so it is like... The, the, the tour guide was explaining it to us that it is positive and negative G's. And so the way that you don't need the shoulder harness is because when you go upside down, the ride twists in a way that keep you like at equilibrium. Um, so it's like a physics 
like master. I don't understand how it works, but it was, it was a phenomenal ride. So even though my friend Jolie was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. She was a really good sport and, um, she went with me for that. So that's kind of how we rounded out, um, that so day. did you know it went upside down like before you wrote it for the first time? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was <laughs> like that if if it didn't go over my shoulders and like I didn't know I was going upside down cuz that that's like a cue, right? If if the things are going over my shoulders, I'm going upside down. Yeah. I probably <laughs> I don't know how I would have done with that. It's it is so scary. Yeah. But it is so, it's like Tower of Terror scary, right? You know what's going to happen and like your tummy gets like all silly. Yeah. Like Ellie says her tummy laughs. Like that's what, like the anticipation of this ride. And when you're in line, the ride is over you. So you can see everybody upside down. Like they go over the crowd upside down. That's crazy. So there is no like escaping what this is going to be. Um, but I just I give the the designers of that roller coaster massive props. I've never been on a smoother, more exhilarating ride. Like at some points I felt like I was kind of flying because the way the ride curves and you're on more like a seat, you're not like in like a booth, you know? Like mm-hmm. you can kind of like if you're willing to let go, there's nothing around you. So you get this sensation of flight. It's so cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. But no express pass. So you just got to wait in line, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. How so long did we wait with that? Um, I think we probably waited. It said 50 minutes. I set my timer. We were off the ride in 48. Oh, so pretty much right on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The one thing that's kind of weird about universal rides that I wasn't prepared for is that they go through some rides, make you go through a metal detector. Um, okay. I had that on the Harry Potter ride and it, I don't think it was a metal detector, but you couldn't bring your bags. And so you had to, um, get a locker. Like, do they still do that? Yeah. So the, they've built lockers into the queue. So when you Mm -hmm. get like, so far through the queue, you go to the like bank of lockers and you scan your park ticket. And as long as you have a small bag, like a fanny pack, it's free. So you just scan your park ticket. It pops open a locker. You go on the ride and then you go through the exit crosses paths also with the lockers. So you scan your park ticket again and it pops your locker back open. But if you have a backpack or something, you have to use the lockers you pay for. So definitely like, this could lead into my tra- my talking about transportation over at Universal, but definitely like the idea of packing a backpack for the day at Universal is really challenging if you want to do some of the roller coasters. Right. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of your VIP tour day. And you had another day then in the parks? Yeah. Um, I had a third day. I went over to Volcano Bay. Um, wanted to do like the water park stuff. Uh, really intense water rides. Um, I definitely like there was stuff for little kids there. I was shocked though at like some of the height restrictions. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's some stuff like Ellie's not going to be able to go on if we take her. Um, wow. 
Yeah. And there's like a couple of slides that like have massive drops at the very end into the pool. Some that are super tall. Like it's definitely like a thrill seeking water park. Um, Yeah. And then it ended up storming that day. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. it was, it's still, if you're, if you're into water parks, it's a very good water park. It was really clean. Um, and it had a ton of like public kind of cabanas with chairs under it. So if you're able, if you're staying at Universal on one of their hotels, you get in early, like you do over at Disney. Okay. So you're yeah. able to get into Volcano Bay early and go get a chair in the shade. Um, oh, so that's, that's nice. yeah, that's really nice if you wanted to do the water park over there. But I yeah. definitely recommend folks before they like go buy a water park ticket like check the height of your kids and then look up the height of the the slides because it costs basically the same as a park ticket you know so right you want to just make sure you have like fair expectations for what your kids can and can't do yeah that makes sense yeah okay so um let's see let's talk about transportation so you were staying at a Lowe's resort, which is like we talked about on Universal property. How'd you get around? Like at Disney, there's buses, boats, all those things. Like what did you use? So I basically used for everything other than Volcano Bay. Hi, puppy. He wants to go with me. That's what that is. I'm so sorry. I love it. I love it. Real life. Mm-hmm. Um He's saving you from probably the squirrels. <laughs> yeah, it was Leo walking in the door. <laughs> um, so we use the water taxi, which is really similar to the friendship boats. Mm-hmm. Um, but they at Universal do a much... I'll say it. They do a much better job at transportation over at Universal. I'm Interesting. Gonna, I'm going to own that. That being okay. said, it is a substantial smaller property. So, like, you could walk basically everywhere if you're willing to walk. And I feel like if you're willing to walk from, like, the Poly to, say, the Magic Kingdom, then you could have walked anywhere at Universal. Yeah. So, you know, if you're willing to walk, you can just skip all transportation altogether. But Mm -hmm. the water taxis there, I the whole week I was there, they never compromised on this. Every resort had its that's on the waterway. So those are your premier resorts. And then a few of your, your mid range resorts have their own dedicated water taxi. So you never, I never waited more than like eight to 10 minutes for the boat. Wow. And the line never got long because they weren't, you know, like sometimes they'll go the poly and the grand Floridian. And then by the time they get back to magic kingdom, it's like swamped. Mm-hmm. They never did that. They never took two resorts in one trip. Wow. And so it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so Mm -hmm. what ended up being is because we had the club level with the lounge, it was super easy to hop right out of the park, get on the boat, go have a snack, go back to the park. Mm -hmm. There was no need to carry water bottles. There was no need to take a backpack. Like I had my fanny pack with my phone and my credit card and my ID. That was basically it. Wow. Um, Because you just, you didn't, you know, you weren't, I never had the feeling like I was like, okay, we're leaving for the day. Make sure you have everything you need until bedtime. Um, It just, because it was more compact, it was a lot like the Disneyland experience where I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to go back to my room and chill. 
yeah. okay, I'm cooled off. I'm going to go back to the park for a while. And then the parks themselves are not huge. So it's not, it doesn't feel exhausting to like, if you want to go over to, you know, Diagon Alley, it's not a forever walk once you get in the park. Right. Um, and they also do security at your resort landing. So, um, you know, it, it makes sense the way they do that because at Disney, when you ride the boats, you then, you know, you're waiting for the boat, then you get on the boat and then you wait for security over yeah. at Universal. While you're waiting on a boat, you go through security. So since you're already waiting, they move security to the resort, which to me seems smarter because like, why not do the security while we're waiting on the boat to show up? Right. So it just, that was a much smarter layout. And there was only one time I wasn't able to fit on the boat. Um, and that was the only time I waited like 10 minutes because the boat went and it came right back. Yeah. Just back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely was like, this, this is very nice. <laughs> the boats yeah. are very nice. This so, worked for me. Yeah. I definitely think when you combine the value of the express pass and the water taxi, mm-hmm. their deluxe resorts over there. I mean, it's a legit conversation about like, if you're wanting to do a universal trip, like let's have a conversation about what your real budget is and what that can get you over there. Right. So it, it was pretty cool. I thought the the transportation was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it, it, it did its job. It got yeah. you where you needed to be quickly. Yes. And that's, that's what it's all about. So, um, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to bring up? Let's see. Um, okay. So it was Mardi Gras. Um, they did their Mardi Gras celebration, which everybody mm-hmm. told me. They were like, oh, it's so awesome. You're going to be there at Mardi Gras. There's like food booths everywhere. There's a parade. Um, so there were like two food booths. And <laughs> one of them was like Nashville hot chicken, um, which is not New Orleans. No. Mm-mm. And so I guess like um, Flower and Garden wins when it comes to food festivals. <laughs> Like it was like hands down. Can we head back over to Epcot and get some corn? Uh, Yes. (laughs) We'll talk about that on the next episode. Right. Stay tuned. (laughs) This is a corny trip. Uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) We had to do side by side comparison. It was a work thing. It was for work. Yes. Absolutely for work. But then the parade came and they told us with the VIP tour, they're like, oh, one of the perks of doing the VIP tours during Mardi Gras, you've got reserved seating for the parade. And I, being a Disney person, was like, score, right? Like, yes, this is the best thing ever. We go to the reserved seating area, which was reserved. um, And the parade happened, which was like, 10 floats with pass holders. So if you're a pass holder over at Universal, you can enter the daily queue to ride the float and like throw out beads. Um, Sweet. So the 10 floats are all like random, either dragons or outer space or alligators. 
And they are um, all painted in yellow, purple, and green with glitter everywhere. Because that's what made it Mardi Gras. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> okay, so, I, I mean, I've never been to Mardi Gras, but I feel like it was a very, like, it was just, <laughs> it, was, um, it was bad. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm seeing what you're putting down. <laughs> and then like, yeah, it was, it was bad and it was awkward. Like they had dancers at one part that had like on a bikini that like lit up. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, you know, I had this flashback. Do you remember that show like MTV singled out? Yes. I oh, thought yes, like I it had vibes of that show where I was like, where am I? What has happened? This is the most bizarre thing. It's like an off-brand Mardi Gras parade of like dancers in the least amount of clothing possible that light up. It was so random and bizarre. Wow. And my friend Jolie, she's a teacher. And so she was like, I just want to get beads for all my students. So we were like just trying to get beads so she could like take them back for her students. And I'm just like, but can we stop and have a conversation about how this is the most awkward thing I've done in years? And then they were telling people like they're making announcements and they were like, to get beads, the only thing that needs to go up are your hands. I was like, Oh, Oh my, I did not. Mm. I was not prepared for a theme park experience where they were trying to tactfully tell people to leave their shirts on. Right. Wowza. So that's um interesting. Luckily, I saw nothing inappropriate. Um, but there definitely it was like you needed to show up pre-gamed, I think, to have a good time at this Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> and it was true, yeah, like club level. <laughs> it when we were like a half hour out from the parade, you started to notice wait times go down because people were leaving the ride queue to go watch the parade, and I'm sitting here like. You know, sometimes over exactly like at Disney, I have FOMO where I'm like parade rides, parade rides, like how uh, I don't know what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. But here, uh, go for the rides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no FOMO. Go to the rides. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'll leave you with that bit of. I a, think we're gonna need to, need to see some pictures of that. Oh yeah. Oh, we have so many photos because I was like, oh, this will be great. Let me get a picture of this float. And then I'm like, this float looks the same. Oh, this next float looks the same. Okay. You did not tell me any of this. I know. (laughs) It was so so bad. It was so bad. (laughs) Yeah. And it it felt like I was like. It sounds like it. At some oh, point, there well, was this woman next to not me. Not everything can be a Disney parade. Yes. So this woman next to me, she goes, she says to her husband, she goes, I didn't know we were going to Six Flags. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I'm not the only one having this experience right now. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, so long story short, don't feel like you need to hit Mardi Gras. <laughs> Got it. I will make a note of that. <laughs> Probably not hit that. 
Well, now that I have significantly talked your ear off, should we just go to the tip of the week so we can put everyone out of their misery? (laughs) You did not talk my ear off. It was very informative for me. And the whole time I'm like looking at Universal, like trying to figure out what weekend I can get down there. Yes. Because work. No, I don't have unlimited vacation, which is a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, gone again. Just make it happen. Yeah, I know. I've I've got like well we both have like fifty to sixty days until we're back at Disney. Oh God, you're gonna be so there far away. Me. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah, because we've got May. You'll be there in May, mm-hmm. and then you'll be back in what September ish. Um, not yet. What if we do September? It might be Universal. Okay, then we'll be back in November. November, which I'll be there for that too. Yeah, buddy. So that'll be my off-property trip. So we'll that will not be club level. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have lots to hear about, I'm sure. Oh so. man, yeah. Why don't you go with your tip of the week since it talks, of, you know, obviously about Universal and some of the tips that you found while you were there. Yeah. So my tip this week is I would definitely consider splurging on a VIP tour. I totally understand it's a big ticket item. It's really pricey. Um, But I definitely think the personal guide, learning the ins and outs and being able to walk on the rides that especially like Hagrid's and Velocicoaster that don't have Express Pass, um, I think it's definitely Mm -hmm. considering adding it to your budget. Um, It, you know, I've now done two VIP tours, both at Disney and at Universal and I can say, like, hands down, core memory days. Some of my best days have been on yeah. those tours. Um, so I don't under underscore how expensive it is. But um, I would definitely consider looking at, at your budget and seeing if there's a place to, to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip. Something that, you know, I'm considering for our November trip. But that's, for three of us, it's going to be a, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, maybe maybe that's what we do instead. I don't really know. So it's on my list. But yeah. um, also don't forget that we are on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at Gone Again Podcast. Head on over. Give us a like, a follow. Um, you know, we're posting some fun content. Robin will be sharing a lot of her universal pictures this week. And I know we're all excited to see those Mardi Gras float <laughs> pictures. <laughs> Right? So excited. Yep. So as Walt Disney said, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So let us know if you need help planning your next trip. Um, Kelly and I are both around, well-versed in Disney and Universal. Um, also got some sandals going on and, um, you know, a lot of, lots fun, of fun things. Yeah, lots of travel options for you. So definitely not just, yep. not just Disney. That's just what we're right. personally obsessed with. So thanks for joining us, everybody. We will talk to you next week. See ya.